You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Hello, welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle, and yes, I too am a survivor of infidelity and a thriver after infidelity. One of the things that people ask me most often is, how is it possible that you're happy after this? How can you be so happy knowing that this happened to you? How can you still be with your husband after all of that? It just doesn't make any sense to me. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about being happy again, finding your happiness again, and most importantly, finding your power again. Because the bottom line is, you can't be happy until you have accessed your power, until you have stepped into your own agency, your own authority. Because the truth of the matter is, you are the only person that can make yourself happy. And it doesn't matter what your partner did, does, or will do. The key to happiness is truly learning how to make yourself happy. Learning how to stop betraying yourself to learn what it really means to have your own back, to create your own happiness, and to make this life all about you. And not in a selfish, narcissistic way where you're a total, you know, diva or prima donna, but in a really healthy, creative way. And it's my belief, if you actually look back at the Bible, (laughs) We are created in the image and likeness of God. Who is God? No matter what religious tradition you follow, whether it's anything, God is a creator. God creates. If we are created in the image and likeness of God, we too are creators. And what should we create? What can we create? Well, I can think of nothing better than our own happiness than our own joy, our own direction, and our own life. Because we've been given one life. (laughs) Whether or not you believe in reincarnation is a different thing, but even if you do, and I actually do, we are only in this life once. And our life is what we make it. So today, we're going to talk about happiness, joy, Power, power, happiness, joy, agency, those are really all the same thing. The definition of power and what your belief and what your mind might think of when you think about power has been so corrupted because it's not about power over 
others. It's about power within yourself. It's about power to create that happiness. That's why it's self-agency. What are you going to do for you? And that's what we're going to talk about today. And if you're anything like me, so often I would read things about create your own life, step into your own power, own your worth. And yeah, I could get on the rah-rah cheerleader train. But when push came to shove, I didn't really know what that meant. Step into your power. Yeah. Okay, but what, what does that mean? How do I do that? Take care of yourself. Own your worth. Yeah, I can do it. But what does that really look like? Be happy. Create your own happiness. Yes, manifest. Woo, I can do this. But what does that really mean? So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to break that down and we're really going to get into what does it mean to own your power? What does it mean to create your own happiness? And how do you do that? And most importantly, how do you do that when you're feeling really, really bad? When you're in grief? When you're in devastation? When you're in a place of anger? How do you step into your power? How do you step into your worth? How do you just become this fully empowered agent to create this amazing life? I've got you covered and this show is for you. Before we get into the content of today's show, I'd like to start with a little roadmap of where we're going by giving you a clip of the end of the show. So here's a two-minute roadmap about what you are going to hear today. First, you create your own happiness. You've had the power all along. It's okay to be terrified of your own power because your power is strong. Power has been corrupted on this planet. When we think about power, we think about power over, not power within. So reframing that. We've also had our thinking a little corrupted around relationships and the idea that we are supposed to find someone who's going to take care of us, who's going to complete us, who's going to make us happy. When the truth of the matter is, it's all about us. We make ourselves happy. And two fully self-actualized people in their own power together will always be happy. And two people who do not have their own power, who are always seeking to find happiness in something outside of themselves, will never be happy. The key is learning how to stop betraying yourself. We self-betray because we've been taught to self-betray and we don't really know anything different. As kids... There's no stepping stones. There's no ritual. There's no really good learning that we have that teaches us how to go from being kids to be adults and to owning our power and to stepping our power and to having our own back. We stop self-betraying finally when we own our power. Owning our power means knowing that it's all up to us, that everybody else has their own free will. And untangling from that, 
We own our power when we decide that our happiness matters, that we matter, that our life matters. And when we stop manipulating others, helping others is manipulating others. Being self-sacrificing is manipulating others. When we let go of all of that stuff that we do for other people, so they will validate us, love us, prove us, prove that we're worthy. When we let go of all of that is when we step into our own power. We step into our power when we take responsibility for all of it, the good that we can celebrate, the bad, shucks, the mediocre. And when we stop being terrified to make decisions, when we release all of that judgment around quote-unquote bad decisions, and we start seeing responsibility as the joy that it is, not a burden, but as a joy. And with that, let's get on with today's show. All right. I want you to think about all of the phrases that you may have heard in your life. There's that one about like Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz and the shoes about you've had the power all along, my dear girl. The power was inside. Maybe you've heard the one, I think it's by Marianne Williamson, about what we're really afraid of is not that we don't have enough power, but that we have so much power. We're more afraid of our greatness and how amazing we can be. I want you to just take a moment and think about all of the phrases like that that you might have heard. When I was little, I had a poster of a ballerina on my wall and it said, if you can dream it, you can do it. Think about all of those posters, all of those memes, all of those phrases that you have heard. And I want you to find one that speaks to you. And even if right now you're like, I don't even know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a workout, I don't know. Come back to this later. Because I want you to have your phrase that has spoken to you before. And I want you to be able to deconstruct that phrase after listening to today's show so you really get what was being said. And more importantly, that than just getting it, so you know what to do, so you can make that phrase a reality. So you can be happier because you realize you own the power to be happy. So often we talk about finding someone to be happy with and finding a relationship to be happy with and finding a person that makes us happy, blah, 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 blah. When you realize that you make your own happiness, you create your own happiness, it reframes who you seek out as a partner. It makes it, instead of being needy, instead of being you completely, complete me, or having a parent-child dynamic or a master-guru dynamic and, you know, student-teacher dynamic, it makes it an equal partnership because I am responsible for me and my happiness and my partner is responsible for them and their happiness. And when you think about what kind of a partner you would attract, whether it's for a friendship or a romantic relationship, 
a healthy partnership is seeking out somebody else who is also in their own power, who also knows how to make themselves happy. So that, yes, you can be doing things for each other and supporting each other and holding space, but it's not your responsibility. You're not chasing them down trying to fix them or get them to see something. That's something that I hear so often with the women that I coach. If I could just get my husband to see this, he's totally off on a tangent. And if I could just make him understand, you can't. You never can. You never could. We are all responsible for ourselves only. We are all responsible for ourselves. And it's flawed thinking for any of us in any situation to think that we can change the way another person thinks or feels or behaves. If you've been listening to my show for a while, you know that flaunt is an acronym that stands for find your fetish, L, laugh out loud, A, U, accept unconditionally, N, navigate the negative, and T, trust in your truth. And what you might also know is A, U, accept unconditionally, is what I like to call the golden center of flaunt. Accepting unconditionally helps us in a multitude of ways, But it really helps us step into our own power and find our own power because we have to accept unconditionally that it's all about us. It's all about us. We can't change anybody else's behavior. It is all about us. So if you think your partner is being immature, If you think your partner is being selfish, if you think whatever you think your partner is doing, that's fine. But you have to accept unconditionally that that is them and their path. And this is you and your path. And even though you have chosen to have a relationship with each other, you are not each other. And to untangle from trying to change anything about them. And we're going to go a little bit deeper into that. Don't worry. But before we do, what I want to say is, in order for you to get the most out of this show, it's imperative for you to reframe your thoughts around power. Instead of, oh my gosh, I have to do it all myself. I can't rely on my partner. I can't rely on my therapist. I can't, I can't, I can't. This is awful. Somebody else needs to do it for me. You have to reframe that being alone in your power for yourself is actually a positive. Because it means that you always have control. You're not relying on somebody else. You're not relying on their level of maturity or immaturity. You're not relying on their level of enlightenment. You're only relying on yourself. 
and that you can use other people, other relationships as tools to help you, but that it's all about you creating for yourself in your own power. And again, when I talked about that untangling and using other people as a tool, it's not power in a manipulative way. It's not using and abusing. My clients use me for my wisdom, for my insight. They use me because I've been on this journey, because I am happier after betrayal than I ever was before. They use me as a guide. They use me as a resource. But it's up to them. And when we start reframing it as, hey, it's us, and that we can access information or wisdom from others, but it's not up to them to do it for us, and that's good. When we get to that place, everything shifts. So that is that first shift that I'm asking you to make as we listen to this show, is to shift that, oh, shoot, it's all about me. And to make it, yes, it's all about me. I can go as slow in this healing process or as fast as I want. I can be a little happy or a lot happy. And it's all up to me. I am the decider. (laughs) I get to do what I want. And to find that level of excitement and joy in owning your power. Okay, so enough of all of the preliminary stuff. Let's dive in. The first question is why do we self-betray? Why do we self-betray? Well, that kind of makes us ask, what is self-betrayal anyway? Self-betrayal is whenever we allow another person to control the way we think, feel, behave, whatever. It's whenever we give that responsibility to somebody else. It's whenever we give our power away. Whenever we give our power away, we are self-betraying. Okay, so whenever we give our power away, we are self-betraying. What is power? What is agency? It's just our ability to decide, to make decisions, and then to take actions on those decisions. A child, for example, at home can make some decisions, but they might not have the agency, the power, the authority to act on those decisions because they're kids, because they can't get a job and get money and live on their own. But as an adult, I don't care who you are or what you've been through or what's happening in your life. You have the power to decide and then to act on those decisions. If you are saying, oh, no, 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 Laura, what you don't know is, I'm going to push back on that. You're t- what you're telling me is you don't like the consequences. You have the power to do it, but you don't like the consequences. Sometimes people say, I don't want to leave my spouse. I can't. Yes, you can. You can support yourself. 
It's just that you might not want the consequence of having to get a different job or having to go back to school or having to spend X many years struggling while you're working and going to school and taking care of the kids. You have the power to make the decision. It's just that the consequences are things that you don't like. And you also have the power then to say, no, I don't like those consequences, but you're not trapped. That's what matters is to realize, no, you're not trapped. You're not stuck. You have a decision to make and you might not like what it would take. And you're deciding not to take it. You can choose to stay. You can choose to go. If your partner cheats again, that's a consequence. And then you will have to make another decision. But you have the power to decide. Why do we self-betray? Okay, I said this, gave the example about being a kid. As kids, we don't have the power. We don't have the agency because we're kids. So we're taught to obey our parents. We're taught to obey our teachers. We're taught to obey whatever it is, the church, the government, whatever. We are taught how to follow. We are taught how to give our power away. What we're not taught, however, is how to make that transition from giving our power away to an authority who is a parent, a teacher, an official who truly does know and truly does have our best interest at heart, how to make that transition from somebody else having power over us to maintaining our power and having our own power. One of the things that is difficult about that transition, and this is why there's so much rebellion in the teenage years, is our parents don't know how to healthily push us through this transition because our parents love us and they don't want us to be disappointed. They don't want us to, you know, apply to our dream school and then be crushed when we don't get accepted. They don't want us to go for the, you know, big relationship that we're really going for and then be heartbroken. They don't want us to be hurt. So in an effort not to hurt us, they will tell us not to try. They will say, let other people do it for you. (laughs) They teach us to continue giving our power away. I'd like you to think back to your own transition from being a child to being an adult. During that transition, how were you taught to start owning your power? How were you taught to step into your power and to start having agency and control over yourself? Because if you're anything like most of us, you weren't. It was kind of a sink or swim thing. And there were also kinds of some threats. You better not screw this up. Life is hard. Work hard. And that joy was taken out of it. So no wonder we betray ourselves all the time by not stepping into our power. We weren't taught how to do it. There was this huge negative spin on, oh, don't screw it up. 
we had no good role models. I had said earlier, the definition of power, the idea of power in our society is really focused on the power over. And that's not what this is about. This is about your power. It's the power to for you. When I mention that accept unconditionally, that's accepting that other people have power over themselves too. It's accepting that some people can be abusive with their power and that it's up to you to create your boundaries so you are not abused by their power. It's accepting unconditionally that you can make really good choices and that other people can make really poor ones. And that your best course of action in any of those scenarios, is always to firmly step into your own power, your own agency, and to be very very thoughtful and clear about what it is you want, what it is you need, and the steps that you can take to get there, being very mindful of what the consequences are and using those consequences to help you make a decision. When I decided to stay with my husband after the affair, I had to acknowledge all of the different possible consequences. It meant that some people wouldn't understand and would want to reject me. It meant that some people would think I was crazy. It meant that I was opening myself up to maybe him not doing the work to maybe him cheating again. And it also meant that maybe everything would be as expected or better than expected. I had to look at that full range of consequences and be like, yeah, this is me. This is my life. This is my decision. This is my power. I can't control. I have to accept unconditionally that I can't control anything he decides. But for me, I am willing to walk into this I am willing to stand in my power and to dance this dance until I get more information and perhaps decide to change something. So why do we self-betray? Because we don't know how not to self-betray. Next question then is, how do we stop self-betraying? How do we stop? Well, We stop by owning our own power. And we've talked a lot about that so far today. Owning your power, stepping into your power, accepting unconditionally that it's only you. Dorothy in the shoes, the power was inside you all along, dear girl. The Marianne Williamson, we fear our own power, that we're more powerful than we actually believe. How do we stop Self-betraying by owning our power, by going to that statement, by going to that meme, by going to that inspiring quote again and again and again and reminding ourselves, hey, I'm not a kid. I'm an adult. I have the power to make any choice on the planet and I have the power to live with the consequences. And remembering those consequences is always important because yes, you do have the power to do anything, legal, illegal, good, bad, positive, negative, whatever, you have the power to do it. It's just that you have to live with the consequences. And when you know it's all up to you, 
And when you know you have to live with your own consequences, again, it's that reframe that that's joyful. What a freaking relief. I don't have to count on my kids to make me happy. I don't have to count on my husband to make me happy. I don't have to count on my employer to give me a bonus to make me happy. I don't have to count on anybody to validate me, to tell me I look pretty. I don't have to rely on anybody for anything except me. And that is an enormously powerful position. And an enormously stressful one if you continue to believe the rhetoric that's all around us. Don't screw up. Life is hard. You don't want to make that kind of a mistake. Oh my gosh, what if, what if, what if? That kind of thinking, all this negativity that's around us comes from a world of people who are not in their own power. If every single person on this planet was fully in their own power and made decisions that made them happy and spiritually connected and enlightened and joy-filled, if everybody was focusing on their own joy and their own happiness, there would be so much less abuse out there. We would be using people, again, using people as a positive thing. Hey, I need this. You need this. It's this service. It's this exchange of energy. It's I'm using this when I don't have my own. I'm giving this when you don't have your own. It's this beautiful flow and connectedness. When somebody is out of their power, we just all kind of walk away. We untangle, we drop, we let them live their experience. That's that untangling. And I want to challenge you right now, whatever is going on with your partner, whether you are together or apart or whatever stage of the journey that you're on, I really want to challenge you to untangle, to see your journey and your partner's journey as separate lines. Yes, your lines can be parallel. They can be intertwined around each other. They can be crisscrossing. They can be further apart, but you're each on your own journey. And if your partner's line goes left, you don't have to go left and chase them. You can go right if right is what makes you happy. You can keep going straight if that's what makes you happy. But it's that untangling that you have anything to do with your partner's choices. You don't. You're not their parent. You are not their parent. You are not their guru. You are each in charge of your own happiness. Would it make you happy if your partner suddenly gave you the exact apology that you've wanted? Sure, that would be a very joy-filled moment. Sure, there would be a lot of relief in that. But your happiness is not contingent on you getting that apology. Your happiness is not contingent on whether they stay and do the work or whether they leave. Your happiness is created by and through you. We stop self-betraying when we own our own power. We own our own power when we decide that we matter. When we decide that our happiness matters. 
when we decide that the trajectory and course of our own life matters. And we take responsibility, which is the next step. Owning your power is about making a decision. It's about accepting unconditionally that your life is about you. If your life is about you, that means you can choose a life of service. If you're sitting there thinking, no, 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 I'm a mom. No, 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 no. It's my role in life to take care of other people. Do that from a place of power, not from a place of servitude. And also realize that so often when we think we're helping someone, what we're really doing is manipulating. Ouch. Did you just say that, Laura? Yeah, I did. So often when we think we're helping someone, what we're really doing is manipulating. Because in the back of our mind, somewhere deep in our heart, the thought is something like this. If I do this, they will see how amazing I am. He will never leave me now because I have been there by his side, helping, cleaning up messes, supporting, loving. I have been the unfailing partner. I have been the good daughter. I have been the one that shows up when my siblings don't. I have cleaned up everybody's messes. I have loaned money. I have cooked meals. I will be the best friend. I will always show up wherever my friends say, and then they will do that for me. They will do that for me because I did it for them. So much of being good is manipulative. So much of being good is manipulative. And it goes back to the root of self-esteem. That we have to prove that we're good. We have to prove that we're worthy. We have to prove all of these things. Owning your power is deciding that your happiness matters, that your life matters, that what you want matters, and it's untangling from all of that manipulative behavior that other people will feed you something that you can't feed yourself, that other people will bring you the validation or the joy or the support. I cannot tell you how many times people have said to me, I just want somebody to give me the level of support that I have given them. They won't. And when you realize that, not in a victim place, nobody else will support me, but from an empowered place, nobody else will support me because it's about me and me supporting myself. It's not about them. They're not supposed to support me. And then it really becomes joyful and positive for everyone. Okay, so let's talk about this responsibility, this taking responsibility. Because again, that's something that we grow up hearing, take responsibility. So often when we are told or when we tell someone else, take responsibility, it's, it's a put down. It implies that 
somebody has not been doing it properly and that they need to grow up and step up to the plate and take responsibility. And like power, (laughs) the idea of taking responsibility has kind of been corrupted because responsibility is like a consequence. A consequence flows naturally from any action that you take. And when we take responsibility, all we're doing is saying, yeah, either I did see those consequences coming and I chose to be okay with it, or shoot, I didn't see that. And now I know. And it's neither good nor bad. It's just a thing. And when I asked you to go back to when you were a teenager, a young adult, and when you were learning how to grow up and how to step into your own power, so much of that is a function of learning how to sit with the consequences, both good and bad. And here's where so much is warped in our world. When good things happen that we've created, we're kind of told not to brag. We're told not to be boastful. We're told to be humble. Well, okay, (laughs) not so much. Because if I am taking responsibility and something really good happens, I'm entitled to feel joy, to feel pride. And when I talk about it to other people, I am teaching them. I am a beacon. Look, I did this and this is the consequence and it's really good. Yes, maybe I can do that too. Not boasting, not bragging, being humble hurts everybody around us. I took responsibility for my happiness after my husband's affairs and I'm really happy now. And we both have the marriage that we always wanted but never knew how to get. And let me tell you, I'm proud of that. And let me tell you, I'm willing to help. And let me show you what I did. And let me show you the things that worked. And let me also show you the things that didn't work. So together we can take responsibility and together we can move ahead and together we can each end up with the things that we want. And that getting those things is a function of what we do and that we're not giving our power away and hoping that somebody else gives it to us. So when we take responsibility, we take responsibility for the good things that we create. And we're able to feel pride and joy and happiness in that. And we take responsibility for the bad things that we create too. We own our part. We clean up our side of the street. It's not a shame-filled thing. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be let down. It's okay to make mistakes. And then we feel that. And then we move through. And presumptively, we've learned. Presumptively, then, we understand something better. You might have somebody like this in your life. I sure do. (laughs) The kind of person who forces you to make a decision. I'm not going to do it. You figure it out. You figure it out. You figure it out. And then if something goes well, 
I told you to do that. I'm, they kind of like hijack it. And then if something goes bad, I told you not to do that. I wouldn't have done it this way, blah, 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 blah. I've got a situation in my life right now where somebody is pressuring me to make a decision on what kind of car they buy. Well, if I make the decision and it goes well, then they're still going to own that. I told you, blah, blah, blah. And we'd had this conversation. And if something goes bad, I know full well it's going to be my fault. That car's a lemon and I don't know why you decided that for me. Taking responsibility is just about owning the good and the bad and everything in between. We're terrified to decide. We are all terrified to take responsibility and to really decide. Whether it's staying with our cheating partner. Whether it's quitting a job. Whether it's moving, whether it's making a big financial purchase like a a refrigerator or a car or something like that, we're all terrified to decide. That's why we're always like Googling for information. That's why we're checking out podcasts. What did somebody else do? Consumer reports. What do other people think? And while it's very wise to see what other people do, while it's very wise to get help from people who have been there, while it's very wise to do what it is that you need to do, When you know I am doing it so I can be enlightened, so I can have more information, so I can take responsibility, so I can own my power, so I can stop self-betraying, and so I can create my own happiness, then it works really well. It's that flow versus searching for information, seeing what somebody else does, doing exactly what they did because you think they know better, because you think they are the expert, not owning your power, even if it feels wrong or confusing to you, and then giving them the responsibility for your happiness or unhappiness, and then allowing yourself to spiral back into that victim state Because I did what they said and I followed all of those steps perfectly and none of it worked out for me. And this is so awful. Responsibility is good. As a kid, didn't you want responsibility more than anything on the planet? Didn't you just want to be in charge of your own life? Well, congratulations, now you are. It's just that so often we haven't been taught how to take responsibility and how to do it right. And... We have not been encouraged to see responsibility as the joy that it is. Again, there's all these memes about adulting is so hard and I wish I could go back and be a kid again. Responsibility is a joy. Creation is a joy. If we make something bad, that's okay. If we make something good, yay, let's talk about it. If we make something that's neither here nor there, that's fine. One of the tools that I want to give you today, I've got a series of, what, three tools that I want to give you today. So I want to end with these three tools, these three exercises to really help you take responsibility for your own joy, create your own happiness. But before we do that, I want to, this has been a lot, (laughs) and a lot of this is interconnected, and a lot of this is circular. So I want to kind of go back through before I leave you with these three exercises, these three tools. 
First, you create your own happiness. You've had the power all along. It's okay to be terrified of your own power because your power is strong. Power has been corrupted on this planet. When we think about power, we think about power over, not power within. So reframing that. We've also had our thinking a little corrupted around relationships and the idea that we are supposed to find someone who's going to take care of us, who's going to complete us, who's going to make us happy. When the truth of the matter is, it's all about us. We make ourselves happy. And two fully self-actualized people in their own power together will always be happy. And two people who do not have their own power, who are always seeking to find happiness in something outside of themselves, will never be happy. The key is learning how to stop betraying yourself. We self-betray because we've been taught to self-betray and we don't really know anything different. As kids... There's no stepping stones. There's no ritual. There's no really good learning that we have that teaches us how to go from being kids to be adults and to owning our power and to stepping our power and to having our own back. We stop self-betraying finally when we own our power. Owning our power means knowing that it's all up to us, that everybody else has their own free will. And untangling from that, we own our power when we decide that our happiness matters, that we matter, that our life matters. And when we stop manipulating others, helping others is manipulating others. Being self-sacrificing is manipulating others. When we let go of all of that stuff that we do for other people, so they will. Validate us, love us, prove us, prove that we're worthy. When we let go of all of that is when we step into our own power. We step into our power when we take responsibility for all of it, the good that we can celebrate, the bad, shucks, the mediocre. And when we stop being terrified to make decisions, when we release all of that judgment around quote unquote bad decisions, And we start seeing responsibility as the joy that it is. Not a burden, but as a joy. So now let's go into the three exercises that are going to help you do all of that. The first one is by shifting your language. Instead of thinking or saying or even writing, if you're writing a to-do list, I have to, now I've got to, to shift that language. I get to, now I am able to. And yeah, sometimes it's going to feel a little stilted, a little funky, because you're going to be like, yay, I get to. And inside you're thinking, I don't want to do this. But that's part of owning your power. I get to do this. I get to make a hard decision. A story that I love to share is when I was practicing law. 
I did domestic relations for a hot second because it's really emotional and it's really tough. But one of the things that I would always tell my clients was, if you don't decide about something and you leave it to the judge to decide, you're not going to be happy. If you work together with your soon-to-be ex-partner and you two decide spring break, vacation, co-parenting, who has the dog, all of that, even if it's a decision that is not your first choice, you own the power and you know what you gave away. You know what you balanced out. But if you leave it to the judge, I guarantee you're not going to be happy. I guarantee whatever the judge decides, it's not going to be happy because you just gave your power away. And owning your power sometimes means making really hard decisions and it means sucking up some of the things that you don't like. But you're in charge of what you're giving up. You're in charge of that balance. That's that consequence piece that I was talking about earlier. When you know the consequences and you go in anyway with your eyes open, you have the power. Celebrate that in your language. I get to make a really hard decision today. I get to grieve. I get to go through this process and to experience more devastating pain than I have ever thought possible. And I get to walk my body through that. I get to move my heart through that. Does that make you happy? No. But guess what? It's your power that today is your day to do that. The second step around that, that language, is getting curious. Having an if-then practice. And I talk about the if-then practice in my book, Flaunt, Drop Your Cover and Reveal Your Smart, Sexy Spiritual Self. And an if-then practice is really getting granular about the consequences. If I do this, then what will happen? If I say this, then what will happen? If I think this, then what will happen? It's really putting that if-then, if-then, if-then. And it sounds simple, but it's really profound. And again, I talk about it in my book. So if you don't have my book, hop on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, Target, anywhere books are sold, flaunt, drop your cover and reveal your smart, sexy and spiritual self. But it will really help you. If I grieve and cry now, then I might feel drained. Then I might not be able to get dinner on the table. But I'm going to feel relief. I'm going to feel that emptiness of a good post cry. If I choose to leave my partner, then I might have a few years of hardship as I get back on my feet. But then I will have developed so much self-confidence. I will have skills. I will have experience. If then practice. The next thing, reframing your language getting curious through an if-then practice. The third thing is releasing attachment to the outcome. This is a philosophy that I learned from yoga. And again, in my book, Flaunt, I have an exercise called the chakra walk. And it's a really powerful thing to do. It's every single chakra. There are seven chakras, main chakras on the body. And they have an energy. Like the solar plexus one is around power. So since today's show is about power, let's talk about that chakra. 
When that chakra is healthy, you are healthily balanced in your own power. You've got a relationship to your own power that is healthy and strong and complete. When that chakra is out of balance, when it's overblown, that's when you become narcissistic, power over, you know, bull in a china shop. When that chakra energy is too small, that's when you become meek, self-sacrificing. I'm always the one that does this for everybody and nobody notices me. So the chakra walk is about positioning your body and literally taking a walk in all three of those states. Walking around in that meek, self-sacrificing way. Just walk through your house. Walk through your backyard, wherever. Walk up and down the driveway. It doesn't matter. Walk as if. Then switch that energy. Walk into the puffed up, power-hungry, narcissistic person that I'm going to control you and you and you and you. Walk like that. Feel how your body puffs up, how your neck changes, how your chest changes how the sound of your steps change. And then on that third walk, walk in that healthy power balance. Walk as the powerful person that you are. Walk as someone who is stepping into their power, who is not afraid of consequences, who can celebrate, who can grieve, who can understand if-then consequences and can take responsibility calmly as an adult. And as you go through those three stages, as you do the chakra walk, and again, the book has way more descriptions, what you're learning to do is to release attachments. And to just be in that healthy state. To notice where you're making decisions from. If you have to sign a lease on a new apartment, are you doing it from that, oh, poor me, I'm a victim of infidelity and now I have to be here? Or are you doing it from a, yeah, revenge, I'm going to do this and it's going to be great? Or are you doing it from that healthily balanced state of, yeah, I'm here, I'm in my body. I feel the stress. I feel the pain. I'm okay. I sense the possibility for joy. I know there can be some really good outcomes. And to release the attachment of whether it's going to be good, whether it's going to be bad, and to just be with it. And just to allow yourself to be in that healthy state of creating. And then the last step is a practice, a field trip, a play date. In my book, it's a, I call it a field trip to a toy store. But you can also take a field trip to a park. And the reason I frame it in terms of play and field trips and practicing creativity is because think about what play is. Play is playing. You're creating something. And it's fun and it's joy-filled. And if you play and create a scenario that doesn't turn out right, that's okay. You're bummed, but you move on. When I was little, I liked to make tunnels in the sandbox. And as the sand would dry, because I'd put, you know, water in there and make it wet, the sand tunnel would crumble. I'd be sad, but it wasn't like I'm a failure and I'm judging myself. I'm practicing. Getting back to that place of practice play in life is essential if we want it to be happy. 
why I go straight to play is because A, as kids, we all played. And B, adults aren't supposed to play, so there's no rules around how to play appropriately or inappropriately. So it leaves it wide open for you. I want you to literally go play. Whether it's kicking a ball around, whether it's digging in a sandbox and feeling awkward, whether it's going to a park and playing on the equipment or going to a toy store and exploring and maybe even buying yourself some Legos or blocks or something like that. Getting paints, getting with those little recorders, getting drums, doing something and playing to see what you create so you can practice feeling awkward, so you can practice creating, so you can practice Yes, you can think about your inner child, but you don't have to. This is something you can do for your adult self, too. And again, there's way more details in the book. But what I want is for you to practice playing again, even if it's for three minutes or for five minutes to practice creating. You can create yourself a meal. You can create yourself a bubble bath. If you're going to go on a walk, create a little scavenger hunt for yourself. A leaf, a rock, a dog, a mailbox. Create something and make it fun. Because these three steps, these practices, will help you find your power Step back into your circle of power. Make you the agent and the creator of your own life and your own happiness. Because happiness matters. Reach out if you need anything. Laura at LauraCheadle.com If you haven't already, download your Sparkle After Betrayal Recovery Guide at Betrayal recoveryguide.com. Have an amazing week. I hope this was helpful. I am so excited for all the decisions that you get to make this week, for all the amazing things you get to create, and for the amazing mistakes you get to make this week. Remember, it's all about you. You are worth it. Your life matters. And as usual, Always remember to flaunt exactly who you are, because who you are is always more than enough. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 